0: I've been thinking about home a lot lately. What makes a home? Is it a closet full of Himalayan salt lamps given to you as gifts, even though you know all they provide to a room is inadequate lighting? Is it a painted wooden sign you keep in your hallway that says, Love is love, but the mycorrhizal network is the reason any of us exist? Or maybe it's the scent of sandalwood incense you've lit in your room to chase away the smell of a bagel toasted far too long. As an adult, I have lived many places, but in childhood, the days of dreaming and growing, I was a fixed point. Every day and night spent returning to the same place, and I feel as if I knew every inch of that home, its textures, its sounds, its smells. The uneven wear on the stairs where the wood became round and thin toward the center the little tabs that held in the window screens, all the squeaks and creaks in the floors, and where not to walk so as to be sure the things on top of the dresser didn't rattle. As I sort through the boxes in the attic of that home of childhood, deciding which memories are important to keep, I think of the wide wooden boards, the window sills, the stones I used to climb waiting for the bus. I will almost miss the container, as much as the stuff inside it, because those are the walls that held me, the floors that supported me, the rooms where love and hope were felt and imagination encouraged. Ultimately, I'm reaching the point where I can accept that it's not a home for me anymore, and I'm trying to figure out what home looks like for me now. You might think that by my advanced age I'd have settled on something, but I just haven't. Home. How the very idea shapes us, confounds us, gives us something to escape from or undo. These are some of the things we're unpacking and sorting as we open a box we've never seen before. Tucked way back under the rafters, a box that once opened transports us to the deep night. Oh, friends, hello. It's me, Dale Sheaver, and I'm so pleased to be your host, guide, and guru for this next hour of regrets and revelations we call the Deep Night. We come to you tonight, as we always do, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. Spring is almost here for the Gowani, and you can sense that vibe shift that so many people have been talking about. Specifically, if you stand near the Gowanus, you can feel its vibrational frequency move from something you feel behind your ears, a kind of dull ache, to something throbbing in you, much, much lower. That shift means that soon the red breast of Mr. Robin will be seen hopping about in the first shoots of tall grasses and dandelion buds that start to poke through the crumbling asphalt of the Lowe's parking lot the cracked macadam slick and glistening as a puddle of molten ice retreats in the warmth of the brooklyn sun oh how a wretched and fetid place can inspire such poetry in me sometimes that's what life is making the most of a bad situation my guest tonight has made the most of every situation she's been in including her appearance on this show Vic Michaelis joins me for a conversation about home, attention, mastering numerous skills, faith, and other things that seem to keep coming up this season. Vic is an actor and writer in Los Angeles. She's active at UCB, is regularly a part of the popular shows Cat and Queer World. She's been seen in Bachelor the Musical, Stranger Things the Parody Musical, and various projects for ABC, USA, CW, Freeform, and College Humor, and the streaming platform, Dropout. She's featured on tons of great podcasts, including Improv for Humans with our friend Matt Besser and Comedy Bang Bang with a person we don't know, Scott Ackerman and company. And I very much enjoyed this conversation with Vic, and I have a feeling You will too. So let's go to it. My conversation with Vic Michaelis. Vic Michaelis, welcome to The Deep Night.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm very (laughs) happy and excited to be here. (laughs) Yes,
0: and you're coming to us uh, from Hollywood, California. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. Landed last night. I feel fine being in this location specifically.
0: Yeah, yes, good. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, land of dreams out there, and uh, just flying back from a, a shoot, uh, which is very L.A. <laughs>
1: Well, hey, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, You know, my family's uh, based in Florida right now. So, you know, it really does feel like I I escaped and I'm living the dream, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. Uh, My goodness. Um, Well, uh, you know, all the trappings of showbiz is really what we're talking about, what you're involved in. Uh, Is it exciting to you or is it just, uh, you know, a job?
1: Um, it's humbling, is what I would say. Uh, it's you know, at, at all times, uh, I'm very aware of how far apart my eyes are because on numerous occasions I've had people <laughs> let me know. So you know, I think they—it's an industry that finds a way to let you know you are just a just a mortal human. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right. It's grounding in that way. It's isn't
1: really it? grounding, and that's really. why I got into it. You yeah. know.
0: <laughs> you know, I think that's why a lot of people do. Just for the the calmness of it, uh, the relaxed vibe—you get that in California anyway. That's and, it. Uh, yeah, there's never any kind of anger bubbling beneath the surface. Never. It's all just straight straight players.
1: The traffic <laughs> is just because everyone is relaxing. That's everyone right. Everyone is so relaxed. Nobody's in a rush. Take your Where time. are you going? Where are you going? Nowhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. You're, hey, friend. You're already there. <laughs> yep I get it I lived out there for a little bit is that Uh, true it is true uh yeah yeah but you're in uh, New York I'm here in New York that's true yeah I'm
1: so jealous I'm desperately trying to get myself to New York really that's all I want
0: yeah yeah Yeah. gotta get in a show or something
1: well that's what I'm saying I just need enough money to live in New York like it's it's hard being poor in LA it's really hard being poor in New York I feel like
0: that, that's true. Yeah, no, I can <laughs> attest to that. <laughs> Having been poor in both places. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, it's difficult. Well, uh, I don't uh, come to this uh, particular gathering with um, uh, the sort of same uh, hit of energy that I feel from you. I was just on a happy hour work Zoom.
1: <laughs> Congratulations. It's nice Thank that you, you kind of have that camaraderie with your, I don't know, workmates. Is that yes, coworkers? workers
0: <laughs> Co- Yeah, colleagues, co-workers, and all the rest. Friends? Yes. I mean, there's just well, let's not go too far. Okay, but there's, that's fair. there's just nothing like gathering virtually uh, with sure. people you see occasionally and uh, <laughs> <laughs> people you've sort of been
1: placed with. Uh, yeah. Yeah. At the whim of might, the universe
0: might share a uh, observation about the weather over a half-eaten bag of chips. You know? I love
1: that. That's really <laughs> yeah. nice.
0: Well, yeah. And uh, <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> have you had one of those kind of jobs where you've uh, been in a real office environment or a, a place where you were had to do a happy hour? Uh, no, with?
1: I haven't. My main job... Uh before you know i quit for the glamorous life of improv and uh acting is uh i i was a brand ambassador and like a promo person for companies so like i'd get hired and i'd go work events mostly is what it was so i spent a lot of time like i worked for i was a uh, like a red bull person for a long time where we'd like wow. walk around with the backpacks and like hand out red bulls at events and and did things you get like to drive
0: that. the car that little red bull car
1: I didn't because I love speeding.
0: <laughs> that seems and to so fit I, into the brand, though. I, yeah, I so like I have a would... lot
1: of speeding tickets. You would think. You'd think that'd be an asset. Uh, and instead, I was not allowed to even hold the keys. So. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Well, uh,
0: uh, had you stayed with the company, perhaps that would have been a nice ladder to climb.
1: Do you think, Dale? <laughs> <laughs> Do well. you think? Do you think I would have gotten to drive the car eventually if I stayed? Oh,
0: if you're asking me, do I believe in you enough and your your own uh, uh, powers uh, uh, to to ascend within a corporate structure? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I needed
1: to hear that today. That yeah. really means a lot. I really yeah. appreciate that. Yes.
0: I've got I've got your back.
1: That's the kind of corporate essential I'm looking for too. Is to get paid one dollar extra an hour to be to have the responsibility of driving the car and not hitting anybody with
0: it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what else comes with that too is uh, uh, you'd have to fill out like an expense form for gas. You got to track the mileage.
1: Oh, I didn't. Even wouldn't that about be that. something? Can I wouldn't be that honest? be nice? I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I'd take the loss. <laughs> really? <laughs> I think. I mean, like, I'm so bad with numbers. Like, anytime it's anything like that, I feel like I lose so much money every year just because there's, like, stuff I'm supposed to fill out. And I just, I can't.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: I can't do it. I physically can't bring myself to do it, which is, I know, saying something very bad about me. And I recognize <laughs> that.
0: <laughs> well, tax time is coming up, so I'm a little nervous for you.
1: I got a guy. I got a guy we paid $200 straight under the table. I think oh. I actually am not positive, but they get done every year and usually we get a check back. Um I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how that I don't know how it works and you know what? I also don't ask any questions. So
0: Yeah, well, it's good. I was, uh, yeah. I had a guy in LA too. Uh, and after a little bit, I had I had to get a guy here.
1: <laughs> I see. Yeah. That that absolutely. So that's what I'm looking to do. I maybe I don't need to move to New York. Maybe I just need to get a guy in New York.
0: Listen, I went from paying to getting, and that's uh, that's a good a good recommendation for that person. I was going
1: to say, that's all the endorsement I need, I think. Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> well, Mick, uh, now you just said your family's down there in Florida, but I thought that uh, you were uh, indeed based in Canada at some point. It sounds like you've moved around a lot of places. Uh, yeah. Where is home for you? Is it a specific place or just a collection of memories?
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's a collection of memories for sure. There's like different things at different times that I feel like uh, resonate as home to me. But home for me has always been wherever my family is. So right now it's definitely Florida. The place that I definitely consider myself having like grown up would be Toronto. Uh, My folks actually just moved down to Florida. Uh, They've sort of, uh, is snowboarding a thing in places other than Canada? Do they refer to it as snowboarding? Yes. Yeah, so they used yeah. to do that back and forth down in Florida. So that's always been sort of uh, home more than anything. Yeah. Uh I was raised by a single dad, so we spent a lot of time at Disney where he would just sort of have us go run and meet him at the front of the park at the end of the day. was sort of <laughs> his go-to family vacation. We loved it. It was the absolute best. So that is, like, that I've got so... Real core memories there, but other than that, I moved around all all growing up.
0: That's a pretty nice vacation though, I gotta say. It's
1: That's, not a bad deal.
0: Yeah, yeah, so some of that single dad stuff, you know, it gets, uh, sometimes people judge that, but hey, that sounds pretty good to me.
1: Don't do it, don't judge it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't wait, wait. judge
1: my dad, my dad's my right. best friend. That's
0: right, children need got a freedom. With my dad. They problem with they, they need the freedom there. Um, <laughs> well, my family is in part uh, Canadian, and uh, uh, truly my favorite part. Is that <laughs> so true?
1: What part? True. May I uh, ask? Uh, Am I allowed? I have,
0: on both sides. You can ask whatever you want on an open book. I would like to know where in uh, Canada. I uh, uh, had some, uh, my grandmother born in uh, Hamilton. Oh, and, great. Ontario. Uh, and, uh, my grandfather born in Saskatoon. Ooh. And uh, uh, then uh, studied in Vancouver. And oh, was a fantastic. circuit preacher throughout uh, Vancouver in the hinterlands there.
1: Oh, that's interesting. What denomination?
0: Presbyterian and uh, rode on horseback.
1: No way. Yeah. Was the kind of preacher that like would just like go from place to place and like pitch tents or would travel to different like churches and things like that.
0: I believe the latter, where he would just uh, uh, take the horse, I guess, uh, <laughs> uh, to the different uh, uh, churches around the area. And, oh, uh,
1: do I the sermons, love I guess. that. I also, I have a, uh, you know, I grew up very conservative Christian. I spent a bunch of time in the Midwest, and so we ended up at a mega church for a small amount of time, and uh, that was always my favorite. There was a preacher that would come through every year with a puppet, and uh, I can't remember what his name is right now, but he was my absolute favorite it's fun it's fun and i think that that's how you get people to join any religion is you have somebody traveling with some sort of a gimmick
0: yeah whether that be a live animal or whether that be a puppet or you're sure to bring them in yeah
1: Yeah. (laughs) it's in the bible i think
0: the puppets or they, just the the tenet of that's the tenet of uh,
1: showmanship. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean there is no greater showman <laughs> than uh, Mr. J. C. Yeah,
1: that is correct. A lot of hey, theatrics.
0: A lot. <laughs> Look A at all lot. these
1: fish. What are they going to do with all those fish oh, and the bread? Gosh. Nothing. They don't need that much.
0: I mean, you know how to really get in there. You got to get in the water. Let me dunk your head. Yes. Go full under. I'm dead. No, I'm not. Where am I? The yeah. whole thing. I, I mean, was
1: blind and now I can see. Please. Come on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right well do you remember what kind of puppet it was are we talking about a miniature version of uh, said guest preacher or was oh, it a, uh, a dolphin or something
1: interesting it was a couple of different puppets it was like a puppet show a uh, case. But- a trunk. A, a trunk of puppets that would all come out to sort of like have different stories. And the one that I remember was sort of like the bad boy puppet that, you know, would like oh. be a little bit naughty. And then, you know, the preacher would have to be like, listen, remember, can't do any of this fun stuff you're talking about. And the puppet's like, oh, right. Thank you for teaching me. I'm a better person now. And mm-hmm. I was into it.
0: Mm-hmm. You I being to be a better person. <laughs> yes. And you being somebody who has done a lot of things.
1: Me being somebody who's done a lot of things? Yes,
0: yes. It's Mm. good to know what things are maybe uh, good, what things are getting positive reinforcement, what things are maybe uh, not uh, as well looked upon.
1: (laughs) I would totally agree with that. I think that uh, that is absolutely true. I'm also just a watcher. I feel like like a lot of my MO for my childhood was just sitting very quietly and watching how things go down and then sort of making a mental checklist of like, okay, this maybe feels like it's revealing too much about me. This is like my deep psyche. <laughs>
0: well, <that's laughs> but you're the person, happens. Dale.
1: You're the person I would want to talk to about this. That, that's
0: right. And I'm glad you uh, came to me. And uh, that is what we explore on the deep night. Um, uh, but that's interesting, the watching. I, I also find, a, a, a let me say, I feel a kinship with that because um, it's sometimes the quiet ones you have to watch out for. Because yeah. just because we're not saying anything. Doesn't mean we're not, we're not seeing what's going on.
1: Oh, we're paying you know, attention. And that's going we're to come learning. out later.
0: That's what exactly. we're learning. We're we are learning. machines,
1: I think. This is what Turing was worried. Turing was worried about. Was Turing worried about machines? Or he loved uh, machines?
0: Boy, that, I bet there. How can you love something without a little bit of worry?
1: I think that's got to be true, right? Because yeah. he was the one that came up with the, I'm assuming, the uh, named, the, the marquee named Turing test.
0: Yep. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, he had to be at least a little bit worried that at some point humans and machines were going to be unable to, unable, undifferential. I really want to say undifferential, but that doesn't sound right. That doesn't yeah. sound like a word.
0: But like you're talking about like the singularity where, yes. where, where the uh, robot mind is as powerful as the human mind and therefore exactly. uh, also represents an inflection point where they become our uh, overlords.
1: That's it. Dale, I'm loving yeah. this because I didn't know what I was saying, and then you said it, and I was like, that is it. That's the one.
0: <laughs> well, I was going to ask you if you yourself are a robot, just because you're doing oh, sure. all of these things, that because you've studied and mastered so many uh, different forms uh, of, of – of, uh, Technique of of, of the arts, whether that's martial arts, dramatic arts, you have an interest in perhaps video games, in sci-fi, in uh, Broadway musicals, uh, historical dramas. Are you just, you know, uh, an alien who has been sent to really observe humanity or, or are you a robot?
1: God, I hope not. I don't know. It really it is one of those things where it's like, would I know? Would I know? I don't think so. I really hope not is, is my answer. I, I hope great. not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do any of us really know? I suppose.
1: <laughs> if I skin my knee, do I bleed? Yeah. But yeah. is it, is that just some sort of advanced technology? I could not say.
0: <laughs> Gosh, you know, I really spin out on the whole simulation stuff. Uh, I just, I can't, I don't possess that kind of galaxy brain and I consider yeah. myself a big thinker, but that one's just too far for me to go.
1: I have another uh, honesty honesty to share, and that is that I just saw The Matrix for the first time about two weeks ago. yeah. the and original,
0: it, the original one.
1: The original one, yeah. um with the thought that I would then watch the rest of them in order to be caught up for the new one. And I had to stop. About an hour and a half of the way through and just said, I think it's not for me. I recognize yeah. that this is a great piece of art, but I think I, I think this is messing with my head too much. And I'm, I think I'm done.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's totally fine. Yeah. And I appreciate Thank you sharing you. that. But uh, also, you have seen as much as you need to see of that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: OK, perfect. I'm not really missing out on something, is it?
0: No no okay. whatever the whatever people have picked up on and then made that sort of part of the uh, vernacular uh you've done it uh, I got like really,
1: the the bending you
0: got the bending which you was got great the,
1: I was referencing a... that anyway, having never seen the matrix before I knew it was a part of the matrix and so I feel like i already yeah. i already got it
0: yeah if if you if you've been passionate about special effects over the last 20, uh, twenty thirty years you know you've You've paid attention. You know yes. what slow motion is. And, uh, you know.
1: <laughs> Was that the first real instance of, like, using slow motion like that in action movies? I guess it's not technically an action movie, but there's a lot of action sequences.
0: Well, oh, gosh, you've given me a lot to to, to parse there. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, it probably is an action. I would consider it an action movie. Uh, probably not the first use of slow motion, but the sure. degree with which... I think you had the combination of motions, uh, slow and fast at the same time. Gotcha. Uh, multiple beings moving around. Uh, that may, There were definitely some innovations there.
1: Totally. Now
0: somebody's going to email me and say Charlie Chaplin did the same thing, and I'm going to say okay. Got too much time on your hands.
1: Well, you know, that's fair enough. Credit where credit is due. (laughs) Nobody, Charlie Chaplin is not getting nearly enough credit, and, you know, and I'll stand by that. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> not enough people are talking about charlie <laughs>
0: <laughs> if we could just boost his signal a bit that would be wonderful but probably yeah. somebody in animation somewhere was doing some kind of experiments like anyhow the point is you so you need to do <laughs> the new one is just a rehash of visiting that other movie like wow you, can you believe that happened and then for some reason they all end up at a rave in a cave and you have no idea what's going on in, their rave in the
1: cave? A, not rave not a cave that's not
0: one. No, not no. the way they do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. No.
1: How do you mess that up? Exactly. That's uh, tough. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, I've been to some raves and some warehouses in Oakland in the early you know, 2000s. Really? That is not it. I okay. know a good time, and what they're doing is not... And they're from Oakland. Time. You thought they would have maybe been at the same thing. Anyhow, this this voraciousness, <laughs> though, that we're talking about, Vic, this restlessness that you have, that you brought to all that you do. Sure. Uh, is it just that curiosity, that watching? Or is it uh, born of a need to control things uh, because uh, uh, maybe at a young age you felt things were uncertain or unsettled?
1: Oh, that's fascinating. Okay, so we're doing okay so here's what I think uh I have very bad ADHD and I am somebody that a lot of my life I spent trying a lot of different things but also like I moved around a ton and I think I was like taught at a very at a very young age it's just like yeah sometimes we just pick up and we move and that's fine and you got to start over and so like you know you can be anybody you want in this new space and so I spent a lot of time being like okay great I'm here and I've always wanted to do this Like I, when I moved up to Toronto, I was 15 and I had never really done much with acting before, but I decided I wanted to act. So I told everybody that I was like the star of all of the plays that I did uh, at the school before I was not, I was never in a play in our drama program or anything like that, but I just started telling people that. And then I got a lead in the play just because everybody thought that I had done a bunch of theater. So like, I don't know, there was just like... Uh, I lied. I lied a lot. And that (laughs) led me to (laughs) that led me to fun opportunities that I maybe would not have got had I been um, honest and truthful.
0: An experienced grifter uh, Mm -hmm. from a young age. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) But did it uh, did it actually feel like you were a new uh, identity each place that you went or was it because. uh, Yeah. Uh, that's the question. <laughs> I think it.
1: <laughs> I think it's like anything. It can be tough to. It can be tough to start over when everybody knows you and when everybody like if you you know I don't know like I feel like everybody's got that. I mean clothes feel like very like you know, superficial thing, but it's just like, all of a sudden you decide like, oh, I want to be a bow tie person. And then it's like, you start wearing them and people are like, what are you wearing? And then you're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to take that off. But you go somewhere brand new and you put on the bow tie and everybody's like, oh, Vic's a bow tie person. And that's it. And it's like, yeah, that's me. That's what it is. It's just an easier way to explore those facets of yourself. And I hope I think as I've gotten older, I've been better about – because I also think when you're young, you're like also self-conscious and it's harder to put yourself out there. Uh, so those were just opportunities for me to do that, whereas now uh, I I hope I've evolved to be the kind of person that is a, much better about uh, not caring as much about what people would think and doing those things, trying new things and putting myself out there a little bit more regardless, I would hope.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm trying. <laughs>
0: No, well, <laughs> I'm I <was> trying saying, <laughs> I think that's a good uh, iteration and expression of uh, your identity at this moment too um, whatever character has evolved to, to be, whatever being has involved, not just character because um, mm. uh, of course it's all an evolution but I'm glad you're in California because that is the place where people start anew isn't it? You toss off whatever became before and it's this uh, a persistent theme of that place generalization, yes, but I <laughs> lived there long enough to see it happen many times people came there and they were there you know a new person
1: yeah not always for the best but uh, (laughs) usually for the more interesting
0: for sure Mm
1: -hmm. and I mean honestly good part about LA let's be honest you've lived here yeah I go four blocks and it's a totally new place and uh nobody has traveled the four blocks beforehand so you basically are going to a new place where you could completely start over if you really wanted to
0: Exactly. Just between Santa Monica and downtown, you could have yes. two separate lives. Absolutely.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> well, do you think the exposure to so many different iterations of yourself, but also different situations, uh, uh, has helped as you now are legitimately crafting characters for the stage or informing a sort of comedic life?
1: Yeah, definitely. I I think also, too, just like uh, like we were talking about, being a Being a watcher and, like, watching people do a lot of stuff is very fun. But I also think, and I'm going to be totally honest and vulnerable right now, I don't think I'm that great at creating characters. I either kind of get it or I'm a version of myself, I think. Which is, you know, I think you live enough life experience, not that I've lived, like, you know, a crazy life experience, but in my purview, I've seen enough and done enough. Uh, that you could tap into different things. but I also just think like anytime it's like I've got some friends that are amazing, incredible character actors and unless I like snap into something right away, I don't I'm gonna be honest, I don't know that I'm great at it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's fair <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that's one of the things that you you still have time. Should you even need to uh, to to Really hone and refine, but yeah, well, it's always whole... something
1: to work on, right?
0: Oh, listen, of course, lifelong learner. But uh, beyond that, it's also—it's pretty nice to be in that spot where you can recognize yourself in all of those characters, because isn't that part of this whole uh, darn game of showbiz anyway? Is people yeah. want to know who you are and want to—they want to see some sort of truth being conveyed, and uh, if that is consistent for you. Um,
1: Absolutely. And it's more fun, too, I think. Like, I don't know, stuff that I always connect to, especially in comedy, is stuff that I can relate to, uh, yeah. you know? And I, I think, th- to me, that's always more interesting than just, like, a, a weird take on a, on an interesting character. I mean, I say that, but then you watch people do it really well, and it's like, oh, no, that, I'm wrong. That's fantastic. <laughs>
0: Well, I love characters. I'm terrible at myself, but I I no, come on, Dale. I'm sure you're great. Well, now and again, something (laughs) will strike me. But um, (laughs) you know, a lot of the conversations that I've been having this season have been uh, about me hearing from guests about how they've responded to a specific moment, a loss. Uh, it, It can be death it can be an ending it's something that we can identify that resulted in a shift in how mm. we uh how, really in our existence and so i wondered for you if there's anything that you can pinpoint like that and then what was the the pivot that happened after that
1: oh what a good question hmm I think, uh, hmm, this is tough. Cause I also too, like, I think growing up with so many little shifts in my life, I, I genuinely can think of like, again, like being raised by a single dad, having some like pretty significant moves as i I would also, I honestly do think that that probably is like the most significant change in my, my life was moving from, uh, St. Charles, Illinois, which, uh, Fun fact, is famous for the Baker Hotel where Donnie Wahlberg and Jenny McCarthy got married.
0: Oh, of course.
1: Um, of course. And it's, so we moved from there to Toronto at a time in my life where I just like desperately needed to get out of this like very small town in this like very, very conservative Christian environment I was in. I was like very, very desperate to escape and then I got to like moved to downtown Toronto, uh, which was a very, very different experience. And I think like really changed the course of my life in a huge way. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And and that was that a break with the church as well. You, what, what, uh, um, yeah. inspired that.
1: So for like my first two years of high school, I went to a very, very conservative Christian school, uh, that was a feeder school to this, uh, very large Christian university called, uh, Wheaton college. Uh, which is Billy Graham's sort of like home.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. So that's, it was. That's the real deal. Yeah. And yeah. the school, very specifically, was like, I mean, like, you know, it should have been a million other things, but my big breaking point was like the very anti uh, LGBTQ stance that they took. And I, I mean, to me, it just like, it absolutely never made sense. I like it was such a internal struggle and with the church in general, but it was like really at this school that they really like hammered hammered it in and it just like I was already having such a tough time with that but then getting to move and get away from that immediately you really get a lot of perspective I really love I should say like religions in general I love studying religions I love learning about religions and and things like that I just find them really fascinating and I love ritual and I love um yeah, like like patterns in the history behind it. It's fascinating, yeah. uh, but it's it's just like a really toxic fan base.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it sure is. <laughs> Especially for
1: this one, it's just like it's it's yeah. I mean, it's awful. But yeah. yes. getting to move and get away from that also, I think, has given me a greater appreciation for Christianity as a. Principle, like the principles of it, as opposed to uh, the specific, like, religious indoctrination of it, if this, that makes any sense.
0: Absolutely, it does. And I think, when you, and that's the thing that is so baffling so many times when no. uh, religion is taken up uh, by the cause of villainy that you, you lose sight of uh, tolerance and uh, understanding and empathy and compassion, all of these things that are right there. And really, like that's the lesson to take away from this thing. How can yeah. how can you then use that to um, oppress, to uh, judge, to inflict upon anybody? It's, yes, uh, it's it's very uh, disturbing, and obviously has such major global ramifications that it's. Um,
1: I mean, completely less judging, more horses and puppets.
0: I mean, unless it was an anti-LGBTQ. puppet show puppet show (laughs) (laughs)
1: puppet show probably makes more sense the
0: horse horse. is a bigot (laughs) i do not want to deal with those horses (laughs) always winning about down by stonewall get on get out of here you know get past it uh i have no patience for them i um, got no
1: time for them.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that, uh, that uh, must have been a very significant and profound internal shift for you uh, to then yeah. be in a, what I assume progressive uh, urban environment of Toronto.
1: Yeah, and also just like very secular overall. Yes. I went to an all-girls school uh, up there too, so I was going from this like very small town, sheltered, very conservative Christian environment. I also should say my family was not nearly as religious as I was at the time. I like, I think because I was also at the school and everything like that, I have a very vivid memory of having a conversation with my dad in the car one day where he was like, yeah, I don't really believe in hell. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> my best friend is going to hell. This is terrible. This is a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> but like, so getting out of that, I think I also just like, yeah, I think you're totally right. It, it was such a massive shift and i also remember like getting to toronto and like there's like girls in my grade who were like going to parties and doing drugs and i was like what <laughs> what is going on this is this is different this is a different environment but it changed my life so significantly for the better
0: yes uh i'm uh, wondering if any of the, because you mentioned the adhd situation mm-hmm. but it also seems and maybe this is a I don't know enough about that but perhaps um This is a symptom of that or an expression of that where I understand that's kind of moving from thing to thing. But it also seems in your case that you stay with the thing until you have really internalized it, uh, really – I would say mastered it. but Until it the, becomes
1: my entire personality. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, right? <laughs> yes, so completely.
0: I mean, is that consistent with ADHD uh, diagnosis or is that something that you feel is particular to you? Because it seems like with the church case, you really said, okay, I'm all in. And mm-hmm. is that about some idea about excellence for you, in which case that was proving something to the world? Or was that a, some other thing tied into something else going on chemically?
1: I think I'm learning too, as I get older, just about myself is like, I really thrive in being busy and having a lot of stuff going on. And so like things like that, I love structure. I love like, it's funny. I was never very good at school. I dropped out of university, but I like, I crave, I love to learn. I really crave like structure. I like things I like, I understand things explained in an academic way. And I like explaining things in an academic way. I think a lot of times, like it's, it's how it clicks for me. And so like anything like that, where it's like, oh yeah, Wednesdays uh, I'm going to this youth group. Thursdays I'm going to this youth group. Friday I'm volunteering at Sparks. We are Sparks for Jesus, Sparks to light the world. Uh, And, (laughs) and you know, like just having like that, like action packed schedule like, really uh, kept me going. But I also wonder, too, I also think that probably has to do with, you know, also just being at a time where, like, you know, again, raised by a single dad and being busy was very uh, important and important for me, I think. I, I liked having a lot of stuff going
0: Yes. On. You were uh, <laughs> quite literally, uh, and also metaphorically, set loose into a theme park. And yeah. uh <laughs> helpful I should in that say
1: because once again, my dad is my best friend and I love him yeah. um yeah. so much. Uh and but and he would run around with us too, I should say. He was chasing after us. We were oh. running away from him, even though oh. he is my best friend and he was my best friend then, but I was um Actively running away from him at uh, Disney World.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, in so much as that affects the metaphor, you're still (laughs) set loose in a place where there's many different options, many different Mm -hmm. things that you can do, but that uh, establishing some kind of structure is required. Um,
1: Yeah. Well, it's that idea with like, it's easier to be creative when you have a box, I think. You know, you you put a box and then the box can be anything. But if you're just in an empty avoid and everybody's like okay anything can be anything it's like yeah great uh, nothing will be anything because I not I don't even know where to start where do you even go from there
0: right so no surprise then that one would be drawn to the theater but also specifically to improv comedy and especially the kind that is uh, a practice out there at like a UCB or something yeah. because it is so structured
1: people I, I so the Herald is like a very It's like the most structured form of improv that you can possibly do, basically. It's like there's like you you have X amount of scenes and X amount. I'm sure you know all about it, uh, but, you know, it's just uh, there's X amount of things that you do and you do them in a certain order. And to me, it was heaven. It was the absolute best. Like nothing has ever made more sense to me than The Herald. I loved performing it. I loved doing it. Like to this day, I know that there is not a chance I'm going to be able to ban eight people together to do a Herald with me on stage, probably ever again, but I I loved it. I loved it so much.
0: (laughs) I think a lot of people do. Uh, You think? Well, I mean, uh, people seem to thrive there. I took uh, UCB in Los Angeles when I was there. Oh, great. uh, I ended up uh, kind of walking away from it after three levels or so, Uh, not because it wasn't good, but because that structure to me was too oppressive I could. Yeah, I would get. Absolutely. I would get in my head about it, you know, and like, oh, now's the game where I'm supposed to do this, and that kind of undercut what I felt was my ability to respond in the moment or uh, feel the art, whatever it was. I just did, wasn't. Plus, I and some of the people that were in that, you know, some of the people that take these clashes, maybe it's changed. <laughs> I'm but sure at the it time, <laughs> they, they were clearly there on the direction of like an HR person who was yes. exasperated and just needed to do something to show that they were doing something about this person. And <laughs> they, they would show up there with like somehow improv is going to improve them as a being in the world. And uh, it was and then they kept going with it. And it was uncomfortable to be around in in all honesty.
1: Tough. Yeah. yeah. Um- Absolutely. I mean, yep. like my, my big thought on it and like, you know, any, anytime anybody had asked me about performing or anything like that, my advice genuinely always is and was and will be uh, like, get a group of people that you like getting on stage with and just do stuff with them, put on your own show, like just laugh, like have a good time. Cause you're going to get way more enjoyment out of that than like any, anything else. I really, yep. really do believe that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There was uh there was a, a fellow there that began every scene with a woman in a trunk, Fine. like the trunk of a car. Yeah. I love that. That's not fun for anybody. No. <laughs> <laughs> and if there wasn't a woman in the scene, and quite often there wouldn't be because yes. who would go up with that guy? Sure. <laughs> he would uh, portray the woman and then insist on being put into the – this is what I mean. I couldn't be around that for no. the, the, the that's negative That's that guy, but that's because...
1: also on – I mean – the people that are allowing that to continue to happen.
0: <laughs> yes, who <laughs> will remain nameless. Yeah, but, moving on. <laughs> but uh, I'm intrigued that uh, you have given so much thought to um, uh, some of the religious ideas and perhaps the afterlife, because you're on. Hmm. Uh, you've been on that show Upload, right? Oh, which, yes. Which is about the afterlife. Yes, it's about something that happens after death, where then your consciousness is uploaded into a system or something. Hmm.
1: Yes, correct. That yeah. exactly. I'm a, I've got a small part in a couple of episodes, Fing, fingers crossed as, yeah. uh, as Holly weird goes. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, absolutely. That's it. Exactly. You get uploaded into the cloud uh, as you're dying, after you die, as you're dying.
0: I think mm. yeah. Mm. Yeah, you get uploaded. Day.
1: Your consciousness gets uploaded into the clouds. So that's your your digital afterlife. <laughs>
0: and and that seems to combine a couple of things that we're talking about. In fact, between the uh, weirdness and mind bendingness of the Matrix, the Matrix, uh, <laughs> as well as all of the religious stuff. But um, what do you uh, consider, or do you, uh, with an afterlife?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I honestly, and as I get older, I'm I am a lot. Less concerned with it. I don't think it really matters that much. I think that like people spend so much time so worried about it and putting so much stock into what's going to happen and why it's going to happen. And maybe this is also coming from you know a, a place of like you know I'm also like not losing a lot of the people around me at this time and 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 that. But also too, I think like to me the more I'm, I'm in a place where the more important thing is like being a good person here and making this place better, which is like a big tenant of Judaism, which I really, really love. Uh, And, you know, uh, fixing up, you know, the here and now as opposed to worrying too much about what's going to happen afterwards. Because whatever's going to happen afterwards is going to happen afterwards. You know, it's a train barreling towards it and that's going to happen. And it doesn't really matter. It's, you're going to get there and it's going to happen and then that's it. Uh, or whatever. And I, I don't know. This is what we can affect now. And I also don't think that there's any higher power that would look at somebody that's like living the tenets of whatever religion it is, even though they're not practicing the religion and be like, yeah, that <laughs> thumbs down on that person. I don't. That's going to be a pass.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Hard to fathom. but, but and, and being a, a good steward in this life uh, never goes out of fashion.
1: Yeah, that's it. It's yeah. like, and then worst comes to worst, literally worst case scenario is you've made people happy and lit, and made the world around you a better, better place, you know?
0: That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's bad. It's bad. Right. I'm right. a bad guy. Oh, I get it. That sounds good to me. I think though, if it does resemble anything like, some of the paintings and things that I've seen. Uh, I hope that uh, the clouds can support my weight. I Mm. hope that uh, perhaps I'm given a steel guitar instead of a harp. You
1: you said paintings, and I was like, this could go in any number of directions. (laughs) But yes, the paintings of a classic heaven scene. (laughs) Classic
0: heaven scene. And I'm not Mm -hmm. a sandals guy, so I'd like some closed toe options.
1: There's got to be, right? You'd get to pick. In my best version of it, it is kind of like a, uh, like a Barbie simulator where you like get to like get dressed and you're like, Hmm, I think I want something blue. And then you are wearing something blue.
0: Yeah. That'd be nice.
1: I agree. So you're <laughs> going to get a guitar, sturdy clouds.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, and Decent shoes. shoes. And uh, I mean, I don't, you probably, it was probably your choice of jobs, but I wouldn't mind somebody right up there by the gates, maybe polishing uh, with some pearl polish. Working.
1: Um, you In heaven, you dream in your best version of heaven is that you are gainfully employed.
0: I, I want to be of service. Uh, that's that's, that's it. I don't want to just that. be sitting there because I'll go nuts.
1: <laughs> People don't get... Literally, everybody's like, I'll get to heaven and then I'll, I don't have to work by nine to five. But then... Retirement happens, and every single dad I've ever met has gone insane. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah that's, that's right. And you and I crave structure. We, we like that. Uh, that's
1: it. Yeah. I yeah. never considered uh, employment. Uh, in the afterlife and i think you've sold me on it
0: (laughs) (laughs) well then we accomplished what i came here to do (laughs) yeah i'm gonna be a pastry
1: chef i think that's 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 the thing that's my next thing i really have decided that i would i'm gonna be a very good cook if i give myself the time and space to actually learn how to
0: cook I love that. Does it seem possible? I mean, it seems like things are really heating up for you uh, career-wise. So,
1: well, I mean, we will see. Uh, does it seem possible to? Sorry, I lost the train of thought as I was saying it. Does it <laughs> seem possible to be to have a cooking lesson at some point in time,
0: or to 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 devote yourself to being a, a great pastry chef?
1: Oh, I see. I think this would be a part-time hobby. Like I just signed okay. up for a pottery class because that was another thing where I saw all my friends making pottery and I was like, I'm doing this. So yeah. I have a once a week pottery class for the next four weeks. Wow. Um, and I, it's f- come flooding back to me uh, that I have not much artistic uh, fine fine art skills uh, in any capacity uh, the shape is going to be weird I'm definitely not going to be able to decorate it so I don't really I'm going to make flat plates I think is my plan platters
0: that, that is what is required of a plate so I think you'll be uh, <laughs> I think you'll be no good with lip that.
1: on it for anything kind of liquidy it will okay. have to be completely dry like a bread plate or yeah. something like that
0: People need red plates, especially Do you think, I'll send you pastry <laughs> chefs.
1: Uh, hey, that's true. Okay, so actually, this is helping with that. This is where I often run into trouble. Is sometimes I'll get excited and I'll, um, I'll get in a little over my head. I think.
0: Well, it seems I'll like, overcommit. Seems like all the roads are coming together there nicely. So I, <laughs> I all don't. roads
1: lead back to this pottery class.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the the wheel is a great equalizer. You will find.
1: That's true. I've what goes around share. is going to come straight back around.
0: That's right. <laughs> that's right. Like it or not. <laughs> that's right. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, that sounds really uh, dreamy and um, sounds like you continue to to build and develop um, whatever uh, your identity is going to be. And that's, that is the journey, isn't it?
1: I think so, Dale, do you have any big like dreams or things that you're working towards? It could be a hobby or whatever the next thing you're looking to do is.
0: Gosh, uh, not
1: so easy, is it?
0: It's, <laughs> it's not so easy to be put on the spot. Um, uh, well, I, I like to do some more drawing and things, I do like that. I've always liked you know, talk about the animation and slow mo, I like that kind of Ooh. stuff. Uh, I like to have, I like to enter in animated world and see so you can kind of open things up especially after a couple years inside I'd like to really explore all the possibilities whether that's a matrix like vehicle or something perhaps a little more you know uh, yellow submarine with something more um roger rap i don't know what it could be still
1: that's so cool cool. what an exciting like fun thing and it's also like it's related so it doesn't feel that daunting to jump into but also like a whole new world that's very exciting
0: yeah thank you yeah yeah.
1: i love it you should do it
0: okay done
1: okay deal (laughs) this is great
0: (laughs) we'll we'll check in in a year i'm a chef
1: you're an animator.
0: <laughs> oh God! No, by
1: this time next year, we'll both have decided to quit everything, and we'll accidentally run into each other at a horse church.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, God is willing.
1: Yeah, somewhere in Saskatoon, and That's it's going to be great.
0: <laughs> there is a lot of lot of place in Saskatoon, right? Ain't what that of, true? A, <laughs> Absolutely. <yeah. laughs> um, my goodness. Um, well, thank you for for being here, Vic, and for, for dreaming uh, with me and for, oh. for for exploring so many different topics. It's been, Are been you really kidding? Wonderful.
1: This was an absolute dream. Thank you so much for having me, Dale.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, is there anything that you want to tell people about or you're going to be performing soon or you're going to be appearing somewhere? You've done every single podcast imaginable. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> with a I'm range ch- of things, I'm checking them off a list. <laughs> yeah. yeah, from the from eat hot stuff to uh, you know, uh, improvising with comedy, bang bang to uh, all video games, all sorts of things. My goodness, mm-hmm.
1: that's it. Um, well, I have a if you're in LA, uh, my improv team has a monthly show at the Yard Theater. Uh, we're at Yeti Four. That's the number four. Real. Uh, you can find us there and uh, find out when our shows are. And then if you don't mind me plugging this as well, uh, I mean like, just this week especially, but in general, there is a lot of really horrific, terrible, horrible, no good, very bad uh, anti-trans bills that are being passed in and shelled out literally all over the country especially most notably uh, a lot of attacks happening in Texas here so uh, you know go give a follow to local organizations Uh, they could really use your donations right now ACLU anything like that they can start pointing you in the right directions
0: Absolutely, I think that's a, a fine note, and uh, we will continue to make some donations to Trans Lifeline uh, here in New York. Um, but there's many different ones across the country that are that are helping uh, because it's uh, psychologically taxing as well as yeah. um, emotionally, and uh, in some cases, really lives threatened. So, uh, very important. And,
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, we, all right. Um, well, Vic. We shall continue to make this world a better place.
1: Oh, this is a freaking dream. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> All
0: right. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, there you go. Vic Michaelish doing good things. And I'm sure uh, Vic is someone you're going to be hearing more from in the years ahead. My thanks to Vic for joining me and for being so open. improvisers they know how to keep the conversations moving. I'll tell you that. And I so appreciate it. Please do try, as we were talking about, to support some good causes, whether they are in defense of protecting the rights of our LGBTQ plus brothers and sisters and non-binary persons, or aiding those who might need it, uh, those who might need some help as the crisis continues to unfold in Ukraine. Even a small act of support can mean a lot, and it can also help you connect to your own empathy, your own compassion and tolerance. I appreciate you and you're listening to this program tonight. That will do it for us this week. Until next time, remember that although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead. Deep Night with Dale is independently produced, written, and performed by James Bewley. Season 14 artwork by M.K. Cummins. Season 14 theme features lyrics and vocals by Kylie Lotz, music by Austin Lotz, and mixing by Zach Robbins. It's never too late to give Dale a positive review while hitting subscribe on Apple Podcasts. But you can also tune in to Dale's Frequency on Stitcher, Podchaser, SoundCloud, and Spotify, wherever you are. Dale's right there with you to get in touch with mindfulness tips, positive reinforcement, or just to say hello. Email Dale directly at daleradio@gmail.com. Be sure to follow him on Instagram by looking up at Dale Seaver. From our being to yours, thank you for visiting the Deep Night.